0: Welcome to episode number 376. What did you watch this week? My name is Mike. And I'm John. Yeah. Time to talk about some shows and stuff and whatnot. Yep. Uh, so. Do you watch a lot of stuff?
1: Uh, three movies, though two of them were rewatches for me. And I uh, Four TV shows.
0: I watched um, uh, two two TV shows, three TV shows technically, <coughs> and I watched two new movies and two, three old movies, I guess. I
1: also watched the Game Awards on Friday night and it was a farce. Uh, usually I'm very excited about the Game Awards. This year it did not go well. But
0: didn't they announce at the Game Awards some news about a TV show that we both enjoyed?
1: Uh, yes, that Twisted Metal is getting a second season, which that was one of the highlights. Um, yep. Fucking great. I, I'm glad that Anthony Mackie came out to present and said, "By the way, uh, yeah, that was that was just awesome." But yeah, it was it was not a a great show overall. They last year, they had had somebody who had a speech that went over eight minutes long and they had to kind of play them off stage. So this year they took the opposite tact and people would get up there to say their acceptance speech and they were played off within 30 seconds. So most of them didn't get a chance to properly thank people. Um, And they didn't make any mention whatsoever of the, everything that's going on in the industry right now with these studios laying people off left, right, and center, shutting down. Um it, it's basically a shit show and they were like, no, we're just here to celebrate and look pretty in
0: our costumes. So yeah, I was not impressed. Okay. I watched some football games. Oh yeah? I watch a couple games every week usually. I was pretty surprised Thursday night when the uh the Patriots won. I thought for sure they were gonna lose. But then, then they won. Then, uh, they won though, yeah. And then I, uh, you know, I watched the wrestling and all.
1: The you know, wrestling.
0: The wrestling. I love the wrestling. You know. Yeah, you do. I went to the wrestling Saturday night. Nice little independent show up in uh, Brewer. It was a nice, uh, terrible drive. Why was it terrible? Uh, icy, black ice everywhere. Um, and then the ride home, no black ice, but so foggy, it was actually very uncomfortable driving because you couldn't see in front of you. Mm. And it was very hard to get your bearings and where you were on the road, even though I've driven that strip interstate a couple hundred times in my life, at least. I couldn't tell where I was just by looking around because I couldn't see anything. Mm. I've never had my low beams on and not Mm -hmm. been able to see at all. Like I had to have the high beams on just to be able to see. Wow, and that's on the highway, so. And that's in the fog. Yeah. High beams in the fog usually don't work. Don't Mm-mm. mix well. So, yeah. So, the drive was the shits, but otherwise.
1: I'm glad at least it wasn't a shit show. Yep. <sighs> so. You said you watched technically three shows?
0: Well, Doctor Who. I'm yeah. going to count that as a TV show. That I did as well, Yeah. It's a special, you know, Uh, but we watched like Fargo murder at the end of the world. And uh, well, okay, I guess four because we watched a bunch of episodes of Cold Case. It's a great show. Yeah, we have not even had the urge to want to watch Oak Island after watching the season premiere.
1: I've seen a few people online saying something similar.
0: Yeah, it's just I don't know who's editing the show now. It's just not. It's just not
1: good. <clears throat> yeah, I saw a TikTok the other day that somebody had stitched. You know, it's somebody will ask a question, then people just stitch in with their own answers. And this person had asked, what's a show that you absolutely loved it when it first came out, and now you couldn't care two shits about it? And this girl jumped in, and she was like, Oak Island, I am so sick and tired of watching these guys drill into this island and come up with fucking nothing every season. So. Yeah, no, I get it. Apparently, the sentiment is out there.
0: Yeah. Um, it's like it's like the other day someone someone had, had commented like uh what's uh, a restaurant that everyone loves but you hate and's overrated i wrote margaritas boy mm, i got some hate on that one i bet you did yeah
1: yeah the uh margarita moms were probably up in arms about that most likely um yep but where else are you supposed to get authentic not mexican food
0: uh taco bell mm
1: um, yep. I wanted to tell you, I did the other day. I was, uh, I took a sick day as well. And, Ooh. uh, I was crashed out in bed all day and I ended up because I had nothing better to do. I watched and caught up on all five episodes of murder at the end of the world. Oh, okay. Still don't like it. Like I, I still, after watching those new episodes, I still think Darby is not smart enough. The show is not smart enough. I, I feel like the show is not. It, there's no cleverness to it. Like you're all caught up. I'm assuming. Yeah. So the whole reveal, which again, I'm so sick and tired of this trope. The whole reveal that you know that wasn't Clive Owen's son. It was actually Fangs' son. Don don don. Oh my god. Yeah, that was shoot that was pretty me. Pretty obvious. Fucking shoot me and of course you know she confronts him and he's like i've been sterile since i was 19 i've never even told my wife that what's the first fucking thing she does run up to his wife he's sterile he knows that that's not his kid and she's like excuse me i have to go do something like right right you just told yeah. this fucking tween bitch that i'm that you're sterile and i your wife have never known this what yep. the fuck
0: and i've um, kept a secret from you this whole time that that's not actually your kid, kidding you knew the whole time it wasn't yeah yeah so um,
1: they they tried to throw us off with that whole mystery person in the mask. And it turns out he was just an environmental bro who, you know, was helping Fangs out because Fangs helped get him sober somehow. And, uh, you know, he, he's sending Morse code messages because, again, overused tropes. Everybody knows Morse code. You know, my dad used to make me learn it instead of reading oh, me bedtime yes. stories. Yeah. I also love when somebody like she's sitting in a room and she starts seeing the lamp flickering. Now it's been flickering on screen for a while. Like you and I are watching the show. We're like, wow, that lamp is flickering. And then suddenly she looks over and goes, I think it's Morse code. And then gets the exact message, the whole message. Like at that point, she should have missed like the first word or two. Well, I,
0: Yes. I, that's the thing. I've always had an issue with that when someone finally realized, Hey, this is Morse code. Yeah. And they, yeah, that, Unless they started the message over, they should have should have missed quite a bit.
1: And it wasn't like this message was like "run" or a person's name. It was uh, info about this. Meet me at pool at twelve. Like this was a yeah. a full fucking sentence or two sentences. Right. And she's like, "Oh, I've got the whole message." I and you're right. It's it happens in shows and movies all the time, and it's always been something that I've hated. Ah. <sighs> It's an overused trope anyway. Like, I get that Morse code is kind of a universal thing in the military, but there are not that many people out in the world who, A, know Morse code by heart, and B, could communicate it perfectly like this. Because remember, this is dots and dashes. So, like, right. a dot's supposed to be like a flash, 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 flash. And then a dash is supposed to be like on, off, on, off. It, big pet peeve of mine but anyway yeah the so far and then we keep going back to these flashbacks of them like solving their cold cases and and figuring out that you know this woman had silver earrings and they were actually a gift from this person who had a silver ring and this this pin just finally said oh it might be this guy because this was the first victim and i don't know i i spite watched it and I'm still not thrilled with it. I'll probably watch the last two episodes out of spite just to see where it yes. ends up.
0: Yeah. I want to see how it ends at this point. I definitely want to see how it ends.
1: But I mean, I'm ranting about it. You said last week that you really liked it. Do you still like it? Are you still enjoying it or?
0: Well, no, no, no. I, I, we, we like it. We enjoy it. Um, yeah. I definitely see all the holes that are in it. It's not the greatest thing in the world. when I'm done, I will never have the urge to watch it again. But at this point, I want to know the answers to the mysteries. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, the like I think it was might have been the first or second, ep- beginning of the second episode, but when Darby and Bill are down in the basement, and they discover, like, the body, and then the door opens up, and the guy has the gun, obviously, they don't get killed, but we don't know what happened there. Right. I'm intrigued enough. I want to know what happened there. <laughs> Still don't know what happened there. Yeah. Yeah. Or who has the gun, or whatever. So... Also, yeah, in that scene, by the way,
1: those were the flimsiest fucking stairs in the world.
0: That, yeah, when they yeah, I I, I questioned the uh, the I made the comment of like, boy, they just managed to walk down those, huh? But then Kate did point out, but yeah, and they broke on them. Yeah, while they were walking down them. So, yeah, like, how
1: did the person put them up and then get back up there and be like, oh? That just has to like look good enough for now,
0: right? Forever, so they don't find the body. <laughs> yep. Yeah. No, it's not a cinematic, cinematic, cinematic masterpiece by any means. But like I said, I'm, I'm enjoying it.
1: Uh, let's see. Did you watch Quantum Leap this week?
0: Uh, no. No. Nope. Which trial I didn't episode? Even think about it. Nope. Did not even think about it. Like it wasn't even on my radar to see if we had a new episode for some reason, in my mind, it was not on. Okay. I won't so say I anything other than
1: which trial. That's what I'll say. Perfect. Good episode. Let's see. I finished up scavengers rain. We watched the last four episodes.
0: Um, yeah. How did you, did it finish as strong as it started for you? It did. Um, this
1: is definitely a beautiful You know, the artwork, the world design is beautiful. Um, Definitely the first few episodes are rough because it's one of those stories that they literally just throw you into it. Like you've got these different people living on this planet and you have no idea why. And you're expected to just pick right up like there were 10 episodes before this that you never saw. So, Oh, interesting. But they will tell it through flashbacks. They will tell it through, you'll piece it together. And by the end, you're like, you know, everything and you're invested. Um, It's beautifully done. But again, this is a, this is an animated thing. It's like an Eon Flux or, or um, Studio Ghibli type thing. Very much a lot of violence, um, a lot of, I don't want to say a lot of bloodshed, but there is a lot of, Creep factor to it. Everything on this planet is unique. Everything is alive. Everything is weird. Um, some of the stuff that goes on, you're just like, what the fuck am I looking at? But I think that's part of the reason that it's so good is because you see a lot of, like, you and I are Star Wars fans, or Firefly, or Star Trek. Yes. Yeah. And when you see strange new worlds in Star Trek, or you see a different planet on um, Star Wars, it pretty much looks earthish in some way, you know, there's not a lot. You might see like, Oh, that looks like a cat, but it's not really a cat. Or, you know, you see like a dooback or something like that. But this, like this whole world is a character and there's just fucking, there's insanity that goes on in this place. Somebody spent more time building this world than they did flashing out the actual human characters because the world is more a. It's more what this is about than the actual people. And that's part of what made it so awesome. So, definitely a hard sell on Scavenger's Reign. Uh, again, they're 25 minute episodes, they're on HBO Max. Um, yeah. What else did you watch uh, for shows?
0: Fargo. Um, I still haven't gotten
1: into that one yet, damn it.
0: Season four. So one of my, uh, season five, episode four. So one of my, co- one of my uh, team members got COVID last week and hmm. she ended up watching like the first three and a half, four and a half seasons of Fargo. So she's halfway through season four. Yep. She really liked season one, loved season two, didn't really care for season three. Season four, she's like, okay. Um, but, uh, we're, we're, I'm four episodes in. I'm still really digging it. I'm digging the story. Um, John Ham's character is nothing like I've seen him play before. Uh, I enjoy it. Um, I keep expecting more from Gino Temple's character okay. like I'm waiting for like it's like she's kind of on the cusp and has she's she's kind of gone over the edge a couple times but she hasn't gone full bore over the edge yet and that that's what I'm waiting for. okay and I feel like that's coming and when it does it's gonna be I think it's gonna be awesome nice yeah like but I'm she's really holding something easy. back basically um it's like she's trying to squash her feelings and emotions mm. and hold everything inside and she's going to get to the brink where she's not going to be able to hold everything inside anymore gotcha she's going to explode okay i like it So that's I'm, I'm looking forward to when her character finally does that. Uh, if I were to rate this for the other seasons, it would not be my favorite, but it would probably be number number two. Which was your favorite? Season two. My favorite character so far, though, is, is Molly is, is Molly Solverson from season one. She is amazing. That character is the best. But the overall story in season two is better than season one. And then season three is okay. Um, I kind of get annoyed by, um, not Ethan Hawk. Who am I thinking about? Oh, we want Kenobi. Oh, you and McGregor. Yeah. I kind of get annoyed by his twins a little bit. Uh, we do get to see, uh, Mary Elizabeth's, uh, butt there. So that's kind of nice, but, uh, yeah, and then season four is a far departure because it takes place mostly in St. Louis, Missouri, but it's a solid show, solid story.
1: How can it still be called Fargo if it doesn't take place in Fargo?
0: Well, they do go up there a little bit, but for the most part, it's down in St. Louis, Missouri.
1: <sighs> My cat's trying to get on something that she should not get on because it's going to
0: collapse. Ah. Um, I haven't watched any more Colin from Accounting don't think i'm going to i think i watched what i could get through
1: i haven't had a um a desire to go back to it either it's not that it was bad just i haven't really wanted to go back
0: yeah yeah because like we've also watched like we watched the bbc fx a christmas carol which is like three hours like we watched that over the weekend the wife and i did yeah um i haven't watched a lot of christmas specials so far but we've watched a lot of versions of a christmas carol so far
1: okay how many would you say Four. Four.
0: Yeah. And like you said last week,
1: they're the the same story every time. It's just slightly different, you know, until you start getting, like, Scrooged. Like, that's technically a Christmas Carol story, but it's very different.
0: Well, the BBC one's a lot different, too. It's a lot darker. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but, like, you know, at the end of almost all of them, like, Scrooge shows up with a big turkey and presents for the Cratchit kids and everybody's happily ever after. No, no, no! It's a turkey. They buy a goose, which is apparently the cheap bird. He buys them oh, the turkey, gotcha, prize okay. turkey. Um, and this one, that that the Cratchits hate him, and there's no forgiving and no remorse for him in this, for hmm. the Cratchits or whatever. Yeah. Um, as a matter of fact, like I, I really like watching it this time. I really drove home the home, like I drove home that he does not deserve redemption. Like, he really doesn't.
1: Some like people it don't.
0: A lot of his really terrible deals that he made and people that died from it. Like, uh, like using less timber, oak timber to hold up the mine because we don't need to use all that timber and then it collapses and kills 27 people and he's like, oh, okay. Wow. Or like some other really like shitty stuff that he did. so. <sighs> but anyhow, yeah. Yeah.
1: We uh, uh we picked up a new series this week. And uh it's something that I've been wanting to watch for a little while, and it was a Paramount Plus exclusive and now it's on Netflix as well. Which I could have watched it on Paramount Plus. Uh it's called School Spirits. And this is the one where
0: okay. I have seen the commercials for that and I thought about starting it, but then I was like, oh, I don't want to deal with teen drama. So Peyton List is dead
1: Um, right from the get go. Like when we first open on her, they're having a memorial, uh, not a memorial at the school. They're talking to the students and they're saying, you know, we're going to have search parties out there. We're going to find her like she is missing. They you very quickly find out in the first episode that the only clue that they have is that there is some of her blood is down in the boiler room, like splattered up on pipes. But nobody, nobody knows where she is, but her ghost is here at the school, and there's other ghosts at the school, and she's trying to solve her murder. Um, I believe there's eight episodes in the first season. I don't even know if there's another season yet, because I don't want to look ahead and see. Um, yep. It's fucking great. Like, all honesty, I went into this thinking, you know, well, this will be okay. You know, I kind of want to. It is great. The characters are amazing. They have, like, fleshed out rules for the ghost world. like. You know, I've got a water bottle right here, so a ghost in the ghost world can grab that water bottle, and they basically create a copy of it, and then they can have a drink or do whatever, but it always resets back to this position because that's what it is in the real world. So, like, they can read books, they can interact with things, but it's only ghost versions of those things. Um, That is different and new. It is. I gotta say, dude. Like last night, we almost stayed up to watch the last two episodes. We had to convince ourselves because yeah. it was like nine thirty, and we're like, it would be eleven o'clock. That would be irresponsible. We have work tomorrow, but like we got hooked hard, and I cannot wait to watch the last two episodes probably tomorrow, um, and find out whether it's going to end on a cliffhanger or not. It's definitely a murder mystery, and they do all the classic things where you know they throw a suspect at you, and then oh, it wasn't them, but maybe it was this one. And- it's really good i definitely give this one a hard sell they're they're 45 How minutes long long the each. okay thank you um and there's eight episodes so far but dude it was way better than i expected and like i've been excited to watch these episodes okay we burned right, through six of them this weekend so yeah <laughs> uh
0: the only other tv show that we usually talk about that i watched was um dr who which
1: we'll probably save till the end.
0: Yeah. As on the movie usual. side. <laughs> well, I'll blow through a couple real quick. So I bought, uh, I, we watched, uh, the Waltons Thanksgiving and the Waltons Christmas. It's VHS. As I picked up a while ago, or, that Bull Moose on the cheap. Okay. And, uh, we like the Waltons and, um, as does my mom. Very much. Yeah. They're both, they're both like, essentially they're like a double episode. So it's an hour and a half, 97 minutes. And um yeah, oh they're good. They're the Waltons. The Waltons is good. I would definitely uh, agree with that. Kate had never seen the movie Fargo, the original. Oh, okay. So we watched that. Um yeah, still good. I like it a lot.
1: What did she think since she's been watching the series? Did she like the movie more or less?
0: So she likes the series a lot better. Okay. She thought the movie was kind of just meh. Yeah, It was a I don't need to watch this ever again type of movie. Mm, okay. Or, whereas like I don't watch it religiously, but every few years I like to put it on. Um, I watched a documentary called QT eight. And it's Quentin Tarantino eight because it's about his first eight movies. Okay. Um and they do talk about his ninth movie there, uh a little bit, but not not really. Um yeah, it's really good. If you like Quentin Tarantino, you'll like this documentary. Uh he's not in it, but a lot of the actors that are in the movies are in it, and they just talk about the making of the movie, how they came about, his writing style, his filming style, um, his directing style. I don't know. I just I enjoyed it thoroughly. I thought it was damn good. I it came out quite a while ago. I'm shocked it took me this i got to find it and watch it Hmm. okay so if you like quentin i gave it a hard hard sell for a watch it was really really good nice that's cool um yeah (laughs) Uh, i watched two other movies what did you watch for movies uh so one was
1: a rewatch for me a first time for julia which was happy death day oh so did you watch the sequel no not yet we just watched the first one Uh, But I told her that we will be watching the sequel. It was one of those we had seen a clip from it on uh, TikTok and she was laughing and uh, I was like, well, that's Happy Death Day. And she's like, oh, I've never seen that. I was like, oh, shit, because she's not usually a horror movie fan. But this is more of a murder mystery and there's a lot of camp and there's a lot of fun. Dude, this movie's so frigging good. Um, Oh, yeah. It starts off rough because the main character is an asshole. Like she really is an asshole in the beginning. And that's part of her journey. Um, you know, she even has a line at one point where she's like, I think that if my mom saw who I have become as a person, she'd be really disappointed in me. Um, so it was rough in the beginning. You know, she's like, I don't like this girl. Why, why should I care about her? And I was like, don't worry, it, you'll get there. And uh, by the end, yeah, it was fucking phenomenal. She loved it. I loved it. Always a good one. Thanks. Yep. And uh, we also rewatched. It was a rewatch for both of us, but. Uh, On Hulu, the movie Happiest Season, this is the one with uh, Kristen Stewart. She goes home for the holidays with her girlfriend, but her girlfriend tells her on the way there, like, I never came out to my parents. They don't know. So you're going to have to pretend to be my roommate. Like, yep, dude, this is one of our favorite movies. This movie has so much heart and so it's so funny in so many places. Like the characters are amazing. Um Dan Levy's in there, and he's just a fucking riot. He eats every scene that he's in. Um, it's such a good movie. Like, we couldn't wait to rewatch it this year. Last year, we kept talking about rewatching it. We never got around to it, so this year, we rewatched it. It's like, this is a Christmas tradition for us from now on. This is just so good. Love
0: it. I remember, I remember watching that with Kate when it came out. It's a solid flick. hmm Yeah. I watched Black Mold. It came out earlier this year. It's a low-budget kind of psychological thriller. I wouldn't really call it a horror movie, Um, but it was on Tubi, so you got to deal with a little bit of commercials that are in it, but they do a good job with it. Um, It follows two uh, pair of photographers who, while exploring an abandoned building, encounter a squatter who causes one of the photographer's traumatic memories of her father to resurface. I've heard a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of good about it and how it's great and it's good and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I liked it. You know, it's a slow burn flick. It's not bad. I wouldn't give it a hard sell, but, like, it was worth my time. I can't say I'd race out to watch it again, but um, it it was enjoyable. Nice. And my last movie I watched was Leave the World Behind, the new Sam Eshmael movie on Eshmael, whatever, on Netflix with Julia Roberts and... Uh,
1: Michelle Ali, uh,
0: Ethan Ethan Hawke and and uh, Kevin Bacon and... Um, Michelle Raleigh. Tim. Yep. And I got to say, I really wish you had watched it so we could discuss it. Uh, I really like to discuss it. I really liked the beginning of the movie and and hated the end. Well, I never said I didn't it was, watch it. I did watch it. Oh I thought you said I didn't think you did. Yeah, no, that was my third movies. movie was that one? Oh, I thought you had two movies. Oh three. Oh, three. okay, good. So let's spoil the shit out of it, everybody. <laughs> so we're going to talk about movies and trailers after the uh, trailers after this and then Doctor Who. So anyways, um, I loved the beginning. I was thoroughly disappointed with the fit with the end with the daughter in the in the safe house bunker watching the fucking finale of Friends.
1: Yeah, that that felt very out of place for uh, Sam. Like and I understand it's based on a book, so it's not something that he you know specifically wrote from scratch himself. Um, yeah, but yeah, that was that kind of dropped the ending, and
0: so anyway, let's let's start with but the beginning. It, but didn't that. it just start out really strong? It did. Like it started really strong, and then we had this slow building story. Uh, as it went, I'm just I'm just gonna high surface it real quick, and. And it made sense how they trapped them on Long Island, like they did. Mm -hmm. You know, with the uh, with the uh, uh, electric cars that were driving on their own, (laughs) causing up the roadway, and just like they made it make sense in a way, like of what was happening. But man, I was kind of really disappointed with the ending, with with the daughter there in the in the thing.
1: It did seem to be for a two and a half hour movie. That was a very abrupt ending.
0: It was a very ambiguous ending. Like you have, you know, uh, the father and the son and the, uh, the other character and they're getting the, the medication from Kevin Bacon. The kid's teeth are falling out. And then you have Julia Roberts and the daughter, the other, not her daughter, but the other man's daughter, and you have them like standing in the woods and they can see New York City, I believe it's supposed to be New York City, you know, exploding basically, and then you have the kid watching fucking friends eating chips and soda. Mm-hmm. Like it was just a it was just it was just a little weird.
1: I think part of what they were doing there was if I can be so bold as to try to put my artistic cap on is they were trying to you know, show the juxtaposition of how, like, you know, you've got these people who are doing whatever they can to save this kid's life. You know, they're trying to save this one kid when the world is falling to shit. Um, going to Kevin Bacon, who's like, hey, you know what? Um, I'm my own country right now. I am my own land. Fuck yourselves. And uh, yeah, then you've got you know the the two women there watching the world burn, watching the city blow up. And then you've got the kid who's like, all I care about in this world is my media. I'm consuming this. This is all that I care about. And I think that's supposed to be some kind of a testimonial to the way that a lot of people are in America right now. You know, the world is burning. Things are going to shit. Everything's fucking up. And we're all sitting here like, Nope, what I care about is watching this show or watching this movie or playing this game or whatever. Um, I still didn't like it from a narrative perspective because there's no resolution. You know, it just, it just fucking, it's a Sopranos. It's a cut to black. She plugs it in. You hear the theme song and fucking credits roll. So there's no resolution for anybody. You don't even know if the pills that like, why did he have pills in a pill bottle
0: that would treat radiation poisoning? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. And how did he get radiation poisoning from a tick?
1: So my theory on that, because that seemed weird too. My theory on that is they were, they were like, Oh, it must be Lyme disease. I think the radiation accelerated the Lyme disease. Sure. Okay. Because they were saying that everyone that. was getting bombarded by the radioactive blasts from the, you know, the scare tactics, whatever. Um, yeah. I watched a creator on TikTok before this. She's, big in movies and shows and stuff like that. She's always reviewing stuff. She's got some good views, some that I really don't agree with. I didn't agree with her on this one. She really hated this movie because she said that it never fully took a stand on anything like that. It basically just put a bunch of ideas out there, but never really buckled down on any one of them and and took a stand and said, you know, this is this, it was just more like, Oh, the world shit. Um, She was also saying how, you know, the, The military tactic that Kevin Bacon was talking about where they basically let the country implode on itself, um, you know, that's been going on for years. That's been going on for decades. The U.S. does that all the time to small countries. You know, you go in, you destabilize it a little bit, let them eat themselves alive, and then come in and sweep up the mess. I definitely took this that it wasn't like they were like, oh, maybe all of our enemies got together to fight
0: us. Not necessarily. I I think this. No, I didn't. I didn't take it as that. I took that as like what they said, which is somebody launched this initial uh, hacker attack on mm-hmm. our defense systems. Okay, and then after that, all they did was sit back and watch our watch us destroy ourselves. Yeah, yeah. That's the, how I took from that.
1: The flyers that rained down in the different parts of the country, you know, that were written in Cyrillic or korean or aramaic or whatever you know were false flags they they were an internal thing whether it was done by the government to be like we're going to blame this on outside people because we can't control it or if it was the hacker group to be like let's sow some more discontent um the the movie itself i loved i love it kept me on the edge of my seat like i wanted to know more um the music
0: Yes. It was very tense the entire time. It felt and like it really I was watching put Mr. You on edge. Yeah, yeah. It really put you on edge the entire time.
1: Great camera work and a lot of scenes. You know, I think yeah. they must have been doing drone footage or something because there were a lot of points there where they would fly up through a small opening and um It was very intense, very uh nail biting. Yeah. But yeah, the ending was just too
0: yeah, I enjoyed everything but the ending. There's an amazing quote at the beginning of the movie that I had to write down because I fucking love it. It's uh Julie Roberts character. I think you know what it. Is. <laughs> yes, go for it. Well, when I couldn't fall back asleep this morning, I came over here and to watch the sunrise and all I saw are these people starting their day with such tenacity such, such verve all in an effort to, to make something of themselves make something out of the world and I felt so lucky to be part of that but then I remembered what the world is actually like and I came to a more accurate realization I fucking hate people yep I uh I, I can really relate to that
1: I can too I sure can Now, here's something fun for you. Yeah. At one point in the movie, Julia Roberts has a laptop, and she goes to get on it to look at stuff. Did you notice that on the back of the laptop was the E-Corp logo? Yes. So I did a little digging and looked it up, and there are several things in here that were nods to Mr. Robot. Uh, Oh, really? Yeah. So apparently on one of the nightstands – I'd have to go back and look at this – but on one of the nightstands in the bedroom is a book called Beach Towel that Irvin wrote Remember when he retired and he had like the stand there at the airport and you know, Dom came in and he's like, here's a signed copy of my book. Yeah. That was his book. And it's there on the nightstand. Um, When Kevin Bacon is loading up the water and supplies in the back of his truck in the beginning, some of the yellow buckets there are five, nine survival kits from Mr. Robot. There's the E Corp logo. Um, They asked Sam Esmell when they mentioned that a few years back, there was almost a meltdown in Jersey from a hacker attack. He said, yes, that was Elliot's attack. That was the white rose um, plant in New Jersey. So oh, cool. that's part of it. And apparently when Ethan Hawke's driving down that road and he's lost and he's trying to find his way, remember the radio cuts in for a second. Yes. I missed it completely, but apparently one of the words that you hear in there is F society. I did hear that. So. Yep. Yeah. So this is he same Esmo, when they asked him to confirm that he said that he considers all of his stuff homecoming this Mr Robot and there was something else that he named uh as all part of one connected world. So that I really liked and this is so this is something I was telling Julia this and she pointed it out and she's like you know that means that there's a whole layer to this movie that people who never watched Mr Robot would miss out on. And I don't think that it diminishes the movie But for those of us who watch Mr. Robot, who love Mr. Robot, I think that it adds more to the movie because I think that it adds a whole different layer in there because, you know, what Elliot did, you know, what White Rose did, you know, what this world is capable of. So when they're talking about hacking our defense grid and stuff like that, was this another Elliot thing? Was this part of the Dark Army? Like (laughs) when uh, when Mishara Ali, yeah, when Mishara Ali is talking about his um his very powerful connection. My first thought was Philip Price, but Philip Price died back in, you know, but there were a lot of Philip prices out there. There were a lot of people as part of the Deus group until they got exposed, doxed, and lost all their money. So all of this could be predicated on what happened
0: to Mr. Robot. Loved it. Yeah, which is cool as hell. I'm there for that. I am so there for that. All
1: so, right. yeah. I got to scroll back up here and figure out what we've.
0: I was just going back to check the date myself. All right. So, the fourth Halo series, we did that one. Cruel Intentions cast. Uh, true Detective. All right. I think we, here we go. I found where we're at. Okay. I sent you the trailer to ISS, the International Space Station. It's a pretty we cool sure concept, do. I think. Yeah. Yeah. You, don't, you don't think so? No, it.
1: I. it's a cool concept, but I just feel like, for me, the idea of being stuck in space on a space station for whatever reason is played out. Yeah. Like, It's played out, and it gets me a little claustrophobic thinking about
0: okay, it. Okay, sure. I get what you're saying. But in this case, it's the U.S. and the Russians happy to be together, and then they can see on Earth some bombs going off, so they go back to their separate sides. And essentially, nuclear war is broken out, and they're like, you need to take control of the space station. Yep. So, yeah. You sent me Carol and the End of the World.
1: It's a weird concept. It's an animated show where the world is ending, and everyone's just basically doing whatever they want. But there are people like Carol, the main character, who they just want to go to work. They just want to live their life like normal. I don't know if it's because she's unimaginative or if it's because it's what's comfortable for her. But, you know, everybody else is like, oh, we can do what we want. She's like, no, I just want to get back to normal for now, knowing that the world is ending.
0: Yeah, it did seem a little odd. Uh, Justice League, Christ of Infinite Earths, part one.
1: We've seen the story a million times before. Still looks cool.
0: Yep yeah yeah it does It does look cool i I doubt I'll watch it though no i I'm probably not going to either uh it looks like uh Kevin Smith is making a new Jane and Silent Bob movie. Mhm- sure is if it's as good as Clerk's Three, I'm <coughs> here for it.
1: If it's as bad as Jane Silent Bob reboot, I'm not here for it
0: correct. Uh, you sent me the trailer or us the trailer for The Brother's Son on Netflix out January 4th and I am excited about it. <laughs> this looks really good. Yeah, it looks like, a, I mean, Michelle Yeoh's in it. It's a really cool looking like action adventure fighting type series. They're like a crime syndicate, a Chinese crime syndicate family, the Green Jade or something like that. And um, a rival gang is trying to take them out and take their, their spot technically.
1: Yeah. You know, but the the cat, the catch here is that it's got kind of like a, a fish out of water thing, like a am thinking CIA with The Rock and Kevin Hart. You know, basically. Sure. Th- yes. There's two sons. One of them is running the family business with his mom. He's fucking kick ass. You know, he's a ninja, essentially. And then there's the other son who they never told him about the family business. They're trying to shelter him. And so he's just a schlub. And yeah. the rival gang finds out about that, and they're like, oh, that's our target. So looks fucking cool as shit.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it does. It looks really badass. I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, you sent the trailer to Good Grief. <sighs> Woof. Yeah. Dan Levy. The... Um, go ahead. Well, his husband dies, and he just can't deal with it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a good grief, not a bad grief.
0: Uh, Rebel Moon's coming out December 21st at 7 p.m. Pacific. Yeah. 10 p.m. Eastern. So here's the thing I, with I Rebel don't, Moon. I, I'm going to watch it. Yep. You know, Siders already said, hey, it's a big cliffhanger of an ending because the sequel comes out in four months. Yep. But um. I mean, I am going to watch it at some point.
1: You and anybody who listens to the show know that I do not have a lot of love for Zack Snyder. I do not either. Um, he's had some okay stuff, but for the most part, it's not just that his stuff kind of sucks. It's also that he's been a real shit person. You know, he's shit on fanboys. he shit on fandoms. He he's said that he's above it all. I just, I'm not a big fan of the guy. And when they're, hailing this thing over and over again as Zack Snyder's star Wars. Like this is his version and not like, Oh, it's going to be in the, in the written in the cosmos and the same scale as George Lucas's star Wars was. No, they're saying it, it's essentially a ripoff of star Wars and not a ripoff as in like, he's trying to parody it like space balls or something like that. But there's laser swords and there's magical forces and, you know, he's even gone so far as to say that it's his version of Star Wars, what he would have liked to see. So. I'm definitely going to watch this, absolutely, because it's going to be part of the zeitgeist and people are going to be talking about it and I'm going to want to be in on it. and I'm going to want to know what's going on, but I don't have a lot of hope for this and I don't think that I'm going to be like, yeah, I'm turned around. I'm team Zack Snyder now. Maybe I will be.
0: Yeah, I mean, he had some good early movies, you know, his the remake of Dawn of the Dead, Three Hundred, Watchmen, Sucker Punch. I still think Man of Steel is a great flick, but I thought you hated Sucker Punch. Ex- I like Sucker Punch. Okay. I uh, but yeah, I, I I I'm I'm gonna watch this movie. Yeah, that's what I because you're right. It's gonna be part. Of, I'm going to be part of the conversation about the movie. Yep. It's just like uh, Batman versus Man <laughs> Donna justice. I can't talk <laughs> yes. about it if I haven't seen it.
1: Yep. And boy, didn't we rip on that? Holy crap.
0: Boy, We did. Um, other side of the spectrum, Donald Glover, Mr. And Mrs. Smith. I, I'm very excited for this. I actually wish it was a movie, not a series though, but I'm pretty excited for this.
1: Yeah, this looks amazing and it's a different twist on the movie that had Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. Like Mm -hmm. It's not where they are spies and they don't know about each other and they end up getting contracts to kill each other. This is where they are two people who are spies who are pretending to be married. Well, they actually get married so that it's a full cover and they're going on missions together as a married couple that doesn't want to be married to each other. It looks great.
0: Yeah, it really does look really good. What's next?
1: Self-reliance. Um, this is the one with uh, Jake Johnson. And, all right. uh, it's
0: got Jake Johnson, so I'm going to watch it. it. It's a very interesting concept of uh, he, he signs up to be hunted by people, and if he can survive 30 days, and he gets a million dollars. And one of the rules is as long as he's with somebody else, they can't kill him. Yep.
1: But if he's by himself, then exactly. they can kill him. Yeah, and, and then exactly. he meets Anna Kendrick's character, who it sounds like he he's under the impression that she is also in this game. So they agree to stick it out with each other. You know, hey, if we're both together, then we're both safe for thirty days.
0: And, you, and you're not alone. Yep. Yeah, I love good. the fact like too it.
1: that he's signed up for the game by Andy Samberg, not Andy Samberg playing yes. a
0: character. Oh no. no. Hey, are you Andy, Andy Samberg? Samberg? Yes, I am. Oh wow. <laughs> you want to get in the car?
1: Yeah, I am so fucking there for that. <sighs> <sighs>
0: yeah.
1: um, Anthony Mackey, we already trust. talked about.
0: Oh, yeah. The Trust, A Game of Greed. <sighs> Pass. Thanks for yeah. that. Yeah.
1: yeah. It's a reality show. That's all we really have to say about it while we're on here. You <laughs> sent me the trailer for Sunrise. Seemed like something right up your alley.
0: This looks good. This looks interesting. I'm I'm definitely intrigued. It's like it almost appears though It's a take on a either werewolf or vampire story, or both, I guess. Um, but like one of the I dark, am,
1: rich ones where they're talking about, oh, there's blood in the soil, so it caused something to happen, type of thing.
0: Yeah. Um. Yes. Yes. And there is some sort of vampirelic elements to it, perhaps even. I definitely
1: think that was the impression that I got. Like when he asks one of the guys, he's like, do yeah. you drink human blood? And he's like, are you offering? And he brings him in like a cup and dips his fingers in to. Yeah, I got the impression vampires, but. I don't know. And it is called Sunrise, so.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It looks it looks pretty solid.
1: Um, I hadn't sent this to you, but I did see this pop up. James Gunn has confirmed that the new Superman movie, Superman Legacy, they've cast yep. their uh, Lex Luthor, and it's going to be Nicholas Holt. Uh-huh. So I think that's awesome. Uh, Watching him play uh, – we've seen him run the gamut now. Like, he's played Hank McCoy. He's played R in Warm Bodies. He played the asshole in uh, The Menu. He's played Peter in The Great – now we're going to see him as Lex Luthor. I think he is going to do a phenomenal Lex Luthor. The the guy, everything that I've seen him in, I've loved. So.
0: Yeah, I think he'll be good in it. My, uh, my buddy, John, who
1: I played D and D with, and then we usually send stuff back and forth to each other. He He's officially boycotting everything DC right now because really, he, he believes that James Gunn is destroying the DC universe and that, Zack Snyder is the only hope so I I love his passion but I have to disagree yeah
0: yeah I watched um or more so I haven't watched Blue Beetle and I'm not sure I'm going to same it keeps popping up on max every
1: time I open the app and I'm just like
0: eh, it's not blowing me away either Uh, we just got Dr. Who now? I believe so. Okay. I'll start out with, what did you think? Um,
1: just the, the broad strokes. Uh, I fucking loved it. Mm. Um, I, yeah, I'll say that I loved it and we can get into more because there's a lot more, a lot (laughs) more. Um, I don't think that there was anything in here that I didn't like. No,
0: no, I think I loved it all. What did you think? Uh, I think that it was really good. (laughs) No, I was, I was a, a pretty enormous fan of it. Um, my high, my high uh, overview I guess is what I'll say um, was that it was freaking fantastic yep. uh, I got emotional a couple of times same I'm I'm not sure how I feel about by generate okay what what's your thoughts on that because you're gonna have yeah so
1: I've been watching a lot of behind the scenes stuff on this. It's been showing up on my TikTok a lot. Um Okay. So I will say that the official word from Russell T. Davies, as he was, you know, doing they he basically did a director's commentary for this. So you can watch the entire episode with him and two other people from the show. Oh. Yeah. Uh over on TikTok. BBC, I think, probably has it too on their YouTube channel. But he was talking about it and he said that as far as he's concerned, every doctor has by generated every doctor has split off and there's a different version of them out there. He said, so, you know, Patrick Troughton and, and Colin Baker, you know, they all, they split off from the last one and they're out there having their adventures. He said, it's a whole universe. It's, it's the doctor verse, if you will.
0: I don't like that at all. No, we've never seen that. So I, I don't think that that holds any weight. Um, I don't, I don't like that at all because it, We'd had fifteen doctors out there doing whatever they're doing, and yet they've never crossed over with each other. It doesn't. It doesn't make sense to me. They have. Well, they've had crossovers, yes. Those special events, but like, like for instance, when the girl in the wheelchair in the first special saw David Tennant's doctor, she thought it was a tenth doctor. Didn't realize it was the fourteenth doctor. But like. I mean, they're already going through time as it is. So like you have her who recognizes the different doctors, but doesn't know which ones, you know, doesn't know the order per se. Right. So yes, we can always see the different doctors interacting, but the idea that there's the other 14 doctors are still out there bouncing through space and time, having the the adventures they're having, that's too much. (laughs) That's too much. You know okay. what I mean? Like the Daleks would just get done battling Doctor Twelve, and now the, the Sixth Doctor shows up to battle them. Like it just—it's too much. It's, it's now
1: I—I I get what you're saying, but also from a canonical standpoint, if you look at time, you know that's exactly what's happening because some of the Daleks are going to be fighting the First Doctor in the year 2023, and some of the Daleks are going to be fighting the Eleventh Doctor in 1864. Like. It's, it's not like, you know, we're watching, okay, these are tenants years and they ran from this year to this year on TV, but he went to all different time periods, as did Matt Smith, as did Peter Capaldi. So it is absolutely, you know, they, they do crossover, they meet up with each other. Yeah. I don't think that it's that big of a stretch. I think that the idea that they split off and there's like multiple versions of him running around there as individuals is more of a stretch. I get what you're saying there. Like that you could have them all walk into the same room because they all existed in the same year at the same time, but technically they can because they're all time travelers.
0: Um. Hmm. Hmm. however
1: that's that's just what russell t Davies says you know and that's he's not saying that that is canonical now he's just saying that that's how he views it in his head as far as what we saw on the screen with the by generation so my like base theory is that it's the toy maker You know, the toymaker is not a being like we've seen before in our run. Like, as Tennant said, he's like, you're literally a god. You made bullets into rose petals without blinking. Like, why are you doing this? Let's go do stuff out in the cosmos. You know, he had a beautiful speech there with him saying, you know, let me take you out to the stars. Let's go play out there. Um, But that's the thing is he altered reality around him. This is not the master, like, you know, plugging the Daleks into the Cybermen's brain or something like that. He literally alters reality. The, the, the dance sequence there that I've now watched about 30,000 times and it never gets old. Um, like at one point he just taps those two guys on the head and they turn into balls. Like they just turn into bouncy balls. So the fact that he was there and he was altering reality, it makes sense in that respect. Now there's a theory on the internet about the bisection or by generation that says that what happened was so follow me here this is weird. So Gatwa is the new doctor. David Tennant uh-huh. is going to regenerate into him at some point. At some point in his timeline he will regenerate into Shutigawa. However, this was too soon this was not what it was supposed to be. So he's supposed to live out his life. They talked about how he said, you know, we're time Lords. We do therapy in reverse order. Uh, You need to heal your wounds. You need to grieve. You need to get over this stuff. So he, David Tennant is supposed to live on earth. He is supposed to have a life. He is supposed to have his friends. And much like Matt Smith did on Trenzalore, he is supposed to grow old and die. And when he dies, he will regenerate into Shudi Gatwa, who will then go on his adventures. However, in this moment, because of the toy maker and what was happening, Shudi's doctor got pulled back in time to bi-generate out of David Tennant's doctor and set up the whole thing. it's a It's a bootstrap paradox, essentially. What Peter Capaldi was talking about where remember when he was trapped in the castle and he's the one that powered the machine that teleported him into the castle so that he could dig his way out doing that over and over again. So it's the bootstrap paradox where he basically pulled shooty back in time so that shooty could well 15 you know could help him out defeat the toy maker so that he could live on earth have his best life grieve do all of his stuff heal his wounds and then regenerate into shooty down the road who then would get pulled back in time to create this to go through. That's why he knew where the hammer was in the, in the floor. That could also just be because he was playing into the toy makers chaos, etc. Yeah. So yeah, there's a few different theories. I like the simple one. That's just the toy maker alters reality. He changes things. he, He interfered with the natural laws of space, time, physics, etc., and caused the Doctor to split rather than uh, just do his normal regeneration.
0: Okay, all right. Did you like it? Well, I just thought it was... So my my thought process was, um, similarly, he... He, he didn't regenerate properly because of what the toy maker did. Yep. And so the split I get, I got real emotional during the whole regeneration <sighs> thing. when he was like, e- each hold my hand. Uh, and he's like, it's time to go. i Z like the whole oh. thing. I got super emotional. Oh, fuck. Yeah. And then when he didn't regenerate, it was almost like, what? Yeah. What's going on? Then I was confused. Yep. And then when they pulled them apart and the 15th doctor didn't have <laughs> pants on, I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um but I liked it. I liked how they did it. I liked that see, David Tennant's my favorite doctor of the new run, so the fact that he is kind of still around and he gets to retire mm-hmm. and live with his family I think it's fantastic. And I don't need to see any more David Tennant stories, quite frankly.
1: You will though. I'm sure.
0: But I don't need to like, I'm, I'm happy with that. ending. that is a satisfying ending to me. Yes. Yep. You know what I mean? And I like, all right, now we're going to just watch the adventures of the new doctor. I think I like the finality. I've always enjoyed the finality of the regeneration and try not to think too heavily into the fact that the doctor travels through space and time all the time. Yeah. Which is why, like, you know, everything happens the way it happens. Um, but I, I want to see the new Doctor. I'm excited to see what Russell T. Davies is doing with the new Doctor, with the new companions, with what the new story he's going to build with this new Doctor. I'm very excited about that. Yes. That's why I'm very sad. As, because David Tennant's original Doctor story came <laughs> to an end, and it was phenomenal. And it was heartbreaking with his I don't want to go like it was just mm. amazing. And then we get to see him again. And, you know, uh, the toy maker is such a dick with his puppet show talking about all his past companions and how they're all dead. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, oh, my the story God. The narrative.
1: Well, that's all right, Dan.
0: When they, oh. got, to the, when they oh. got to Bill, I was like, no, don't you dare.
1: <laughs> I literally, when Bill came down, I was like, oh, Mike's going to lose his shit right here. I did. Yeah, I did. <laughs> she was killed by the Cybermen. But her consciousness lived on. Well, that's all right, then. The way that he yeah. just kept, like, firing it right back at him. Oh, mm-hmm. dude. That whole scene was so beautifully done. Like, mm-hmm. they didn't need to have all of the flashbacks or anything like that. But no it was it was brilliant
0: I just I like the way they did it um so yeah so like I'm satisfied with the story of him ha- hanging out with Donna and her husband and his niece Rose and just taking him through uh, just taking him places in the in the TARDIS and, and, and enjoying their and just him enjoying his, his retirement you know and like yep. you said someday he will regenerate or whatever into yeah the 15th Doctor, so... Yep. Yeah. Um, I felt it was too short.
1: Oh, it did feel short. Like, I wanted more. I wanted so much more. You
0: know, but that was just because I, I was enjoying it
1: so much.
0: Um, I thought it was interesting how they took, like, the original TV broadcast and they... They somehow made it so that, like, this background laugh has been in it forever. Mm-hmm and so when you heard it everybody recognized it and it somehow was like you know a pavlov's dog type trance thing yep i thought that was pretty clever um
1: i love the commentary i told julia like a lot of the problem that we were having in chris chibnall's run with jody whittaker was that they would do things that were supposed to be poignant to now but it felt like they were being preachy and they were hitting you over the head with it like the whole um the, the plastics thing there, you know, where they came to this planet because we had so many plastics and, you know, the oceans filled with them and you've got these garbage islands and blah, blah, blah. It just felt yeah. so preachy. Whereas this one, it was like the whole concept behind the toy maker signal was that once everybody was online, you know, once they could all hear that he would trigger it and they would all be right because they all wanted to win. And it's not that far from where we're at right now. Like everybody thinks they're right all the time
0: yeah no we're definitely not that far away from that
1: but it didn't feel overly preachy you know there was no like like uh a very special episode message in there where they were like everybody needs to just take a moment and realize that somebody else might be right no it was just the commentary that everybody thinks they're right and then move on
0: yep yep yeah yeah i was okay with that yeah uh oh what was it um there's so much that happened it was so much good, so much awesome. Um, I thought the three stories were good. I liked, you know, we, we brought him back. We brought back, you know, David Tennant's back as the doctor. You know, they fixed the Donna issue. Uh, we get a secondary story, um, you know, uh, out in the edge of space. Uh, that story, essentially, he leads, oh, what I did out there caused the toy maker to be brought back. What did you think about the toy maker, ha- toy maker? having the master trapped in his gold tooth. Loved it. A- and then at the end, when the toy maker gets defeated and his gold tooth is found lying on the ground, and a mysterious woman picks up the gold tooth. We assume
1: woman. I mean, men can have painted fingernails. Um, yeah. But most likely it's a woman. Uh, the the big bet right now is that it's Jinx's character, the the uh, drag star who has already been confirmed to be a villain this season. Um, Uh, okay. Some people think it might be the Ronnie, especially where Mel was the, uh, companion that was here at unit. Um, it could. A few people thought that it was Kate picking it up, Kate Lethbridge-Stewart, because she had red nail polish on, but she had already gone back into the building. Like, there's no way that it would be her picking it up. My money is on whoever Jinx is going to be playing as a character. What's interesting, though, is I saw something that pointed out in The Last of the Time Lords when the Master was uh, defeated. We got a similar scene where somebody went and picked up his signet ring. And then that signet ring would later yeah. on be, you know, used to bring him back, reconstitute him as the very unstable version. But yeah. Um, that was interesting, though. You bring that up because when they're having their little tete a tete with the cards and the toy maker shuffling his cards, there were a few key things that he said in there that were cool. He said, um, I made a bet with your God and turned him into a Jack in the box or yes. God in general. He said, I made a jigsaw puzzle out of your past, which could be alluding to the whole timeless child thing. Yeah. And the the toy maker saying, ha, I'm the one that did that. I'm the one that fucked with everything and made your past all messed up. He said that he, the master was dying and that he wanted one final game and put him in the gold tooth. And then he said that the one that he would not play with, the one that he would not take a challenge from was the one who waits. And he said, I saw him and I turned around and went away. And David Tennant's like, who's that? And he's like, that's somebody else's game. So there's something out there that scared this omnipotent being enough that he was like, Nope, I'm walking away. So, you know, is that this version of Thanos or what, but something out there, the one who waits, that's all he said.
0: Hmm. Well, I'm not wishing for Christmas day to be here quickly, but two weeks from today, we get the, uh, the, the new special, the Christmas special with the new doctor, his first full uh, solo adventure. Well, first adventure of his own type of thing.
1: So, What did you think of what we did get to see? Because we got to see quite a bit of the new doctor, Mm, the 15th
0: doctor. Yes. It wasn't just a brief cameo at the end or anything. We got like a whole ball playing battle, deep conversations, um, really got to see the 15th doctor in action. And I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the hell out of it. Like
1: he brought sass. He brought empathy. He brought feeling love like he brought a lot to that character just in the little Mm. bit of time that i saw him
0: yeah yeah no it was uh yeah it's i don't think we got his full costume nope uh so that'll be interesting to see when we finally do well, yeah, no, I I I I thought his character was great. I'm excited to see how he meets his companion. I'm excited about the adventures he's going on. Um I liked his his speech, his cadence how he talked.
1: Yes. And um, throwing in little bits that reminded me of his character in sex education, you know, when he was like, "Oh, honey, you need to heal," yeah. you know.
0: Yeah. Yep. Uh the charisma of the character. I'm I'm very excited.
1: So, I loved everything about it. um shit where was I going with that? Oh, I will say this um I watched a video. You can look this up if you want because this is again another official one, but you don't have to uh but they have they have a video now where he Shudi Gatwa shows off his sonic screwdriver and it does not look like any of the other ones that you've seen so far. This really? looks almost like a um almost like a cell phone maybe, but not really. Yeah. It's, um, it's a handheld device, but it's like rounded and it's got a flip out part. And he showed like, they went into some details on this. It's got a circle in the middle of it that has Gallifreyan symbols and the Gallifreyan symbols are a Rwandan. Uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? A Rwandan saying that is very close to him. So they let him customize that, which is awesome.
0: Oh, yeah, that's a remote control. Yeah. Um, which, I just pulled the video up here. That That is a remote control, not so much a sonic screwdriver.
1: He still calls it a sonic screwdriver. Um, I, I know, was, but
0: it's yeah, traditionally,
1: yeah. Yeah, but I will say that for the number of times that you and I have watched Doctor Who, and we've watched him take that sonic that is just metal on the outside, yeah, and scan something and then look at it, like there's a screen there and go, oh, that's a. That always seemed a little weird, didn't it? Like what was he yes. reading? But this looks like it'll actually make a little more sense. So here's my overarching thought. Before we get back into one other thing, my overarching thought is that in 2009, Doctor Who came back for the first time in a long time. Like they, had, we had that Sylvester McCoy into. Um, God, what was his name? The, the made-for-TV movie. Yes. Um, which was god-awful. But we had no Doctor Who for a long time. And then in 2009, Russell T. Davies brought it back. And it started 2005. with 2005. 2005, sorry, you're right. So we, so we
0: didn't have the Doctor for 16 years.
1: So we didn't have it for 16 years. M- King Minus
0: in, that movie in, in the middle.
1: <clears throat> which we don't count. Um, Paul McGann, that's who it was. So... Yeah that was almost 20 years ago. You know, that was 18 years ago that it came back Mm -hmm. and Russell T Davies had a task ahead of him to honor the doctor because, you know, this started in 1963. There were lots of fans like you who grew up on him. You know, you knew what you knew, you knew what you liked, but he also had to introduce a new generation to the doctor. And he had to make it for the new generation while still honoring the old generation. I think did that. that's why you see things like, you know, the first introduction of the Daleks and they're like, Oh, they can't go upstairs. And then it can fly, you know, because back then you had Daleks, they were rolling around on wheels and nowadays visual effects can allow them to fly. So they had to do a lot of that stuff, bring back the Cybermen, but make them look different. But you still have the honoring of the Cybermen and stuff like that. I feel like that's what's happening here again. So we had his run. We had Stephen Moffat's run. We had Chris Chibnall's run. Now that it's on Disney plus it's getting uh, simultaneous releases around the world. It's appealing to a bigger market. They're doing the same thing. So they brought in David Tennant and Donna Noble and they, they let them have their three episode arc to tie back in and honor those of us who have been watching all along. Sure. Now, When you see Shuri Gatwa, when you see that he has a jukebox in his TARDIS, when you see his sonic screwdriver, this is all different energy. This is going to be a different energy than we have had in a long time. And I think that this is doing the exact same thing as they did in 2005. They're honoring the old while introducing a very new take on things. And I'm fucking here for it. Yeah, no, I'm here for it. I'm really looking forward to this. And I think that it's going to appeal to a whole new generation
0: when I sit down and doctor who comes on and I hear the theme, I get jacked. I get pumped. I love this theme. I have loved every version of this theme of this show going all the way back to the sixties back when I was a kid and I was watching it on PBS, you know, when I was eight, nine, 10 years old yep. and watching it on PBS and everything. Um, That's that was the appeal to me. I love the theme. I love the stories. I don't know. It just, it, I was drawn to Doctor Who when I was a kid on its original run, at the end of its original run. I watched that movie when it was on Fox, and I was like, oh, my God, this is horrid. Because <laughs> it wasn't good. No, no, it was not. It was a very Americanized version of Doctor Who. It was. It played more um, like an
1: uh, like one of the Highlander movies than a Doctor Who.
0: Yes, yes, yeah. But I'll tell you, when they brought back brought it back with Chris Eccleston, I liked Chris Eccleston as the doctor. Rose was a fabulous companion, but I really liked Chris Eccleston as the doctor. David Tennant, though, was what really sucked me back in. Oh, yeah. And that whole story. And I liked Matt Smith, and Peter Capaldi was hit and miss with me. I liked Jodie Whittaker. I don't think she got a great finish. She Quite didn't. frankly. It was a weak sauce, but I'm very excited to see where it goes from here. Like, me too. Um, I, I I have faith in Russell T Davies. Yep. Uh, because he didn't leave me wrong the first go round. He was a showrunner, so I'm excited to see what he have <laughs> has what he's gonna do. Um. Yeah, I I don't know. I just I'm a I'm a big fan of of uh, of Doctor Who. Have been for a very long time. I have a Tardis tattoo for crying out loud. Uh, incorporated into my space pinball machine. Um yeah, I just I'm excited for it. I loved all three of these specials. Were they absolute perfect gold? Probably probably not to everybody, but they were to me. So looking back on them,
1: I loved all of them. Like I'm I'm not even going to try to think about like, oh, well, I could nitpick this or nitpick that. Because they just they really touched me they made me feel so good and i especially love the fact that for all three of them i was able to watch them live with julia who you know had only been introduced to doctor who in the past two years of our relationship so you know that was a cool experience um my
0: my wife has never really watched doctor who she's not a sci-fi person she has watched it like sitting in the room with me if i'm watching it like this past saturday because This past Saturday, Wesley was gone. His grandmother's house. The big kids were their mother. And I got to tell you something happened. And uh, so, like, I'm like, at 1.30, I want to watch Doctor Who. We watched a movie earlier in the day. We watched Fargo. Uh, And uh, it got over at, like, 1.35. So I put Doctor Who on, just a few minutes behind, which I had no problems getting in because you would text me, like, could you get in there? the disney plus um so she just sat in the in the in the house while she sat in the living room while i was watching it and during different moments she was looking over at me because i know she was trying to see if i was crying or or get or getting teary-eyed and i could clearly see that um she just yelled yes i was Uh, (laughs) no dude no shame i was too but What's funny is her big reaction was like when the when the 15th doctor came out and she goes, he doesn't have any pants on. Like, she just <laughs> thought that was hilarious because it was. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I I'm. You know, I know we're getting a special, but when are we going to get the season? You know, they
1: haven't said yet. So I imagine like I can picture them doing this special and then at the end saying the doctor will be back and then giving us a date. And I'm yeah. guessing it's probably going to be mid to late 2024.
0: I agree. I, I think you're right.
1: So, so, dude, everything about this was great. Uh, that The whole scene in the theater with him doing the marionettes of all the companions, well, the companions after Donna, basically. Yes. Um, that haunted me. Um, listening to his little speech there about, you know, the master and God jigsaw puzzle that just blew me away. Like that whole part in there was amazing. And it gave me shivers every time. But I think more than that, the most iconic thing, and I kind of hinted at it earlier is that fucking dance sequence to the Spice Girls Spice Up Your Life.
0: Yes, it is
1: literally all over my TikTok for you page. And I can't get enough of it. Um, I did see a behind the scenes where Neil Patrick was talking about that. And he actually had the audacity to say that he's like, yeah, it was this song that um, Americans don't know. Apparently every British person knows, but no Americans know this song. And I'm like, excuse me, that's the fucking spice girls. Every fucking American knows that song. So he said that he had to put it on his wake up alarm every day for like 30 days so that he could learn it. And he was trying to memorize the words to it so that he could sing along with it. That was one of the most fun scenes that in recent doctor who history, watching him fucking dance, sing, kick around spinning the two women. I've rewatched that scene so many times and Kate or her stunt double, whoever that was, took it like a champ he spun her so oh, hard into yeah, the wall yeah she fucking slammed her head right into it and bounced onto the floor like mel at least was out in the middle of the floor and kind of collapsed and was like oh kate hit that wall so hard i'd be surprised if the stuntman wasn't concussed
0: yeah i was uh, i was very surprised over um over that whole that whole dance number that whole routine and everything and then like you said at the end when he was flipping everybody around
1: <laughs> it was so good like he's just dancing up there kicking his arms kicking his legs and the the bullets are going off and they're just coming out as rose petals and then he's doing the little angel in the oh my god yeah, it was just like so freaking good it, Oh, um i will also say this the christmas special that's coming out has a full teaser, full trailer out there, I'm not watching it. I want to see this when oh, it comes yeah, out. Oh yeah, no.
0: I know you've no been watching it.
1: Yep, I've seen little yep. clips and I'm like, "No, nope, I just I don't want to watch this. I'm I'm good."
0: Agreed. <sighs> well, I guess that's the show this week. Yeah, I would say so. So, we're going to record next week and then we're going to take a couple weeks off for the holidays cuz Christmas and in, in New Year's fall on the Mondays and Mondays. So, and there's not a lot on. So, no. we'll just take a couple weeks off and, and be back. So, next week we'll record the 18th and then we'll record uh, Cousin Will's birthday apparently, January 8th. Nice. Yep. Yeah. And
1: by then, we may be, we, we don't know 100%, but we may be on a different network. Martin was talking yeah. about possibly taking down the website and we'll see how that goes but yeah
0: mm-hmm. we'll still yep. be around yeah we'll still be around just hosted someplace else yep so anyhow cool uh, i'm on the socials i'm superstar ml i'm the quantum geek g33k that's sure talk to you